Welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM, where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm your host, Seth Williams, and I'm a veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about networking. Not only why we should be networking, but also how to network and how to overcome a legitimate fear of networking. And most importantly, how great networking can help us get a job and lead uh, to a successful career. I am very excited and thrilled to be joined by veterinary student and my dear friend, Jesse Kramer. Jesse is a fourth-year veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine. She grew up in St. Louis and is planning to return there after she graduates this coming May. Jesse is involved in tons of activities outside of the classroom, uh, most notably as a, a big leader in VBMA, the Veterinary Business Management Association, where she is a past president of the Mizzou VBMA chapter and is the current national VBMA president. So uh, a huge welcome to Jesse. Jesse, how is it going? Hi, Seth. Thanks for having me. Um, things are going really well. Um, you know, between balancing all the things I have going on, uh, I love doing my work with VBMA while on clinics and I'm really excited for where this next year is going to take me. Cool. So what's it like being able to smell being done and uh, (laughs) seeing the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. So right now there's a big mountain called Navli between me and that light. Um, But things are going really well. I feel a lot more confident um, in my clinical abilities and talking with clients. And I'm just really excited for the future after graduation. Cool. Um, Well, great. It's great to have you on. Um, So let's talk about networking. I know that you're... You're a really good networker. You can <laughs> you. you can talk, uh, and I know that for a lot of people, uh, and it was really hard for me, you know, uh, even before veterinary school. But I've gotten a little bit better at it just through practice. Why is it so important, in your opinion, uh, to network and to start early and not just worry about it, you know, at at, at your stage of the game? Totally, um, it's been multifactorial in me realizing the the importance of networking in veterinary school. Um, the special thing about being in a veterinarian and in this profession is it is such a small world and you really don't realize how small of a world it is until you start going through it. Um, people that I met at random conferences my first year, I would see at later conferences at SAVMA Symposium, at state VMAs, um, at random school meetings. And you see these people over and over and you build connections with them. And if you don't talk with them and don't build connections, they're just faces. Um, But it's actually a deeper connection and they can connect you with other people and help out with things down the line, whether that's um, an externship, a preceptorship, um, a job opportunity, just a friend that you really like to get to know. Um, There's a lot of power behind those relationships. Um, I'm a firm believer in that your network of people behind you is one of the strongest Cap- means of capital you'll have in this world. Um, you need to have your credentials and be trained and be competent. But if you don't have people willing to, you know, reach out for you and bring you in line with other people to help make your dreams come to fruition, it'll be a lot harder to do that. And I think having a strong network that you build during school is a great way to be successful down the line. Cool. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I guess to take it a step back for a second. So for the people who have never had the opportunity to network or have ever done it out at a conference or an event or, or what have you, what is networking? Like just dumbed down, you know? <laughs> yeah. So basically I think networking is just building a connection with someone. Um, it doesn't have to be someone even super high up in a company or anything. Um, some of my favorite networking connections have come through veterinary students at other schools. Um, 
we all have in common that we're in veterinary school, but talking with them of how is their program different? What do they like about their program? Where have they done externships? What have they heard about externships you're planning to do? Who can you talk to who's currently in those programs? Um, things that are relevant to all of us as veterinary students, um, our peers at other institutions are incredible resources. And it doesn't take a lot. You know, you meet them at one meeting, you can find them on Facebook, you meet them through whatever, and just keep following up of... You meet someone and you follow up with just a simple question of, hey, it was great to meet you. Let's talk more about whatever topic you guys related on. Um, something I like to do with a lot of people is ask them what books they, they recommend. Um, it's usually a lot of self-development books that have really shaped how I approach my networking, my approach to school, my approach to work-life balance. Um, that's been really rewarding for me and asking them questions and especially people who have been in this profession a while, they want to help us as students Mm -hmm. and asking them for their advice and wisdom has helped me out a lot. Cool. So, you know, from your own experience, how, how should we go about networking? I mean, what is, what do you do? You know, is it as easy as just going up and, you know, saying, Hey, I'm Jesse and I want to talk or is there, do you have a trick or, you know? Yeah. So something I've learned through my time in vet school is there's something that's called the magic student window and the magic student window is essentially you as a student, people want to help you. They want to get to know you. They want to see what your interests are. And it is as simple as going up to someone and be like, Hey, how are you? My name is whatever. I'm interested in this. And see whether they're interested in that or not. They may be interested in something else or they'll say, hey, I actually know someone who's interested in that and they make you have a new connection. Um, There's lots of ways to go about it kind of depending on the scenario, but it just kind of takes that first step to reach out there and say, hey, I'm this person or even ask them a question and say, what did you think of that talk or why did you get into the work you're doing? What do you think about this whatever topic of going on in the profession, whether that's student debt, whether that's, you know, uh, graduating veterinarians and the supply of this. Um, whatever, it just is starting a conversation and just talking to them like a normal person. You know, there's no need to be nervous. Everyone in this profession is super friendly and wants us to be successful. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of that, you know, what I think about is, you know, for me, I, I used to be a pretty darn shy guy and used to have a hard time going up to, you know, nearly strangers to introduce myself. And what I found was easy for me is that, you know, if I had heard them talk, um, I would pick out something that was totally unrelated to what they were talking about. Like I heard them, you know, in their intro saying that um, they like to play hockey and I too play hockey. So I went up and I said, hey, you play hockey? And, and we started off that way. So I think especially for people, and I know that a lot of vet students are introverts, you know, at least coming into vet school, that they could have a hard time, um, you know, getting the uh, the guts to go up to somebody, especially like if it's a big wig at a meeting or a, a conference that you're at. Uh, it could be pretty scary, and I, I, we, I know you and I both can totally get that. So, um, I mean, any any thoughts on how to kind of get get that fear yeah. to go away? Um, a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that I'm an introvert. Um, it blows their mind, but I consistently score super high. It's not even up for debate whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert um, in the testing modules, but. I am a very true introvert and networking is exhausting for me. After a conference, I need to take two or three days just of alone time to re-energize. What kind of gets, keeps me going through these meetings and talking to all these people while it is tiring, I see an objective value in it in that these connections that you build are hold a high value to me in my future going forward. And that is worth the few moments that are uncomfortable or tiring during that 
it's worth it in the long run. You know, uh, there have been so many times where I thought, I'm so glad that I took the time and made that extra effort to get to know that person. Um, going into them, you never know, you know, where is this connection going to take me? And so many things have surprised me of, you know, who knows who and how things come to be. Um, you never know. And just taking those few moments and say, okay, I may not really want to do this, but who knows what could come of this. I could get my dream job. I could get my dream residency, internship, whatever. Um, just focusing on the objective outcome of, I'm doing this for a purpose. It's not, you know, for self-torture or um, right. disinterest, but there's a strong value in it and convincing myself of that value and that's why I'm doing it is a really strong motivator of my purpose in my time that I spend networking. Right. I think especially too that like for people that are looking for vets to employ, um, you know, if, if that's who you're going to be going to talk to, I think a lot of times those vets are trying to find people like us too mm-hmm. so it you're not only benefiting yourself i think you know most of the time it's going to be a 50 50 benefit you know you by you meeting them and by them meeting you they're going to get the, their goals fulfilled too so totally they may be able to you know shave your fears away that uh yeah you know it's and, not all about you right and practicing in the first few years of vet school and networking and talking to strangers and trying to find common ground that's something we'll all be doing during your clinical rotations in your third and fourth years of talking to strangers and getting a full history from them in a short period of time and getting them to trust you and build a relationship with them um while it is kind of for a different purpose they have sh- similar elements Um, And I found myself dealing much better with client relations in my clinical years through my, you know, admittedly blundering networking events in my first and second year. That's how I got better at it. Right. Cool. Um, So let's talk about where we could be networking because, you know, we're in school all the time, as we know. Uh, And aside from, you know, when, when in your clinical years that you can be out doing preceptorships and externships and actually meeting people that are outside school, um, what can, you know, especially for first, second and third years that are still in class, where could we be networking to get the biggest bang for our buck? Totally. Um, I think a lot of options depends on your interest too. Um, some things that are accessible to everyone are any of talk, any talks that come to school and, you know, any, there's product talks, there's organizations that come to talk that there's someone there from the outside world coming to talk to you. Um, you know, ask them for their business card if you don't have time because you have to run to, to get to class, but email, you follow up with an email and say, you know, hey, it was great to meet you. Um, other good options are um, the state VMA meetings. Typically they are usually held in conjunction with the veterinary school. Um, those are all people for the most part from your state. And if you want to stay in your state, those are great connections. Um, your home veterinarian that we all did our, you know, initial hours in, you know, ask them who they know if you're interested in something, um, and already build those relationships you already have. Um, you know, Savma Symposium is a great opportunity. The National VBMA meeting is a great opportunity. Anytime you have a group of people together, um, it, amazing things can happen, especially now as more veterinary schools are kind of doing regional meetings. If mm-hmm. you like, you know, like exotics going to exotic symposium or AABP or AAEP, anything that you're interested in and there's a meeting for, um, you know, I would work with your school to find a way to get there and meet those people because they will help you have awesome experiences in vet school and then hopefully help you start your career a step ahead of the game at graduation. Totally. So, you know, talking about conferences, um, you're a fourth year, I'm a second year. What are your thoughts on first and second year students going to conferences that early in the in the vet school game. Yeah, I, my conference game has totally changed over the past <laughs> few years. Um, initially, I went and I had no idea what I was getting into. And now by third or fourth year, 
Um, you know, I kind of know the lay of the land and how it all works. And it's awesome then because now in the times where I go and the conferences I'm going to go to as a veterinarian, um, you know, I kind of know how things work of where the CE sessions are, the exhibit hall, like what all goes on at those things. And it's not as overwhelming. And I think exposure to that early on really opens your eyes to the breadth of this profession. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that you have CE as specific for fish or specific breeds of chickens, like things get that specific. And there are people who are so skilled in all these things. And at the really big meetings, you have everybody there. And it's a free for all to meet anyone you want in this field. Um, And even people from outside the field come to our meetings. Um, So yeah, it's a very diverse it's a diverse grouping. And I think, you know, it's worth it to try and get to at least one big conference in your veterinary career just mm-hmm. to get exposure to that. And you never know who you'll meet or what will come of it. Right. So while you're at a conference, you know, because I've been to a couple now um, in my first year and it can be a uh, it can be pretty hectic. I mean, a fun type of hectic, but it can be a, a tough environment to to network in if people are running from meeting to meeting and you have two minutes to talk to somebody. Um I heard, and, and I've experienced too, and I wanted you to touch on it, that the best time to network at a conference is not at the conference itself. It is at the uh, the happy hours and at the bars after the conference. So late at night when everyone's drinking and having a good time. So what's that your is, experience with that? That is the total truth. Um, every time I go to a conference and see someone I know in passing and they don't have time to talk, you know, they just point at you and say, see you at the bar later. And you go down there every night and you're guaranteed to see basically everyone down there Um, and kind of at that point, everyone's kind of decompressed from the day. You know, it's not business time. It's just fun social time. And you meet someone there and you talk to them for a little bit and they're like, oh my gosh, you have to meet someone. And then they pull you in to talk to someone else. They're like, oh my gosh, you need to meet this person. And it just keeps going and going. And it's an amazing thing. And you meet so many people who are so relevant and influencing this profession and they care about you and want to get to know you. And it just is so fulfilling to have those experiences in addition, um, to my veterinary education. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. That I've, you know, uh, again, I've only been to a couple, but I know that, that the late night, uh, bar sessions are, that's where it's at. That's yes. where you got it. Even if you don't want to drink, just no. go and grab a glass of water and yeah, take like a nap drinking. from like four to six and then wake up and just plan to be networking the night away. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, so we were talking a little, little bit before we started about your plans, um, so, so what are your plans for after graduation right. or the um, lack thereof? Yes, my plans are initially, um, you know, I've been from St. Louis. I want to go there after graduation. I really, I'm a small animal girl um, and I want to do a few years of general practice um, right after graduation. But just to get my street cred of, you know, I've been a veterinarian and I've had that clinical experience, um, but I'm kind of seeing my future in that I don't really need to be doing clinical medicine for me to be fulfilled. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, they love having patients and clients and that's super important to them. And I love the clients that I've had and I love the medicine part of it. Um, But I really love being part of this profession in a way of maybe having a greater influence on it, whether that's working for industry, whether that's doing some entrepreneurial projects um, that I've yet to stumble upon. Um, I'm not fully sure, but um, it's been really fun to get to know people along this journey who are like, well, what are you going to do? You'll figure it out. It'll be okay. Um, and a lot of the people whose careers I admire, um, got to where they are through their networking connections of, Mm. you know, someone called them one day and said, Hey, I have this opportunity. You came to mind. What do you think? And it really is just that simple and easy for your total life to change and have your dream career that you didn't even know about just because someone thought of you and likely came from a networking connection. So, right. So, and and to touch back on what you started to talk about a bit before was the follow up and how important that was and 
um, you know, you, you see a speaker at a lunch and learn or a guest lecturer comes in and um, grab their card and you email them later. What are some good ways that we can follow up with them that, you know, it's not going to bug them. It's not going to turn them off. Um, and maybe some ways that are not email. I mean, like LinkedIn or social media, you know, what have you found that that works pretty well? Yeah, I love LinkedIn. Um, I think every veterinary student should have it and work on it as you go through school. Um, that's something we integrated into the VBMA honors portfolio because we believe in it so much um, of that professional connections. Um, so following up with people, it, you need to really build a connection. And that's kind of what's going to carry on um, through your years in veterinary school. And that connection can be whatever it is, you know, like Seth, you're talking about playing hockey. Um, it could be something as simple as, you know, you see an article that you think they would like and you send to them of a, Hey, saw this. Don't know if you did. I thought it was interesting. Let me know your thoughts of essentially adding a phrase that requires some form of feedback of, yeah, it was great to meet you. They don't really have a need to reply to that saying it was great to meet you. I loved your talk on this. I would love for us to talk more about whatever topic. And it's just something natural and it flows um, and just kind of create a dialogue because people are going to remember conversations. They don't remember, you know, a 10 second encounter where you exchange business cards. It's the follow up and connection that they'll remember. Right. And 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 the thing I noticed in like that sample email you just gave um, is that it was short and sweet. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a, an aspect that really stuck with me from a talk that um, I heard from Dr. Danny McVitie about keeping emails short mm-hmm. and that, you know, you know, we get so, you know, most of us, when we're trying to impress somebody, we're going to start, let's just be honest, you know, blabbering and going on and on. And that's only going to turn off the person that's reading the email. So I like what you said about just, you know, a one or two sentence thing provides some reason for uh, for them to give you some feedback or follow up and, and let it go from there. Yeah. Or even something of just like, hey, how, I'm interested in this. How do you think or who should I talk to or what could I do? to pursue my interest in this. Right. And even if they don't know, they you know they may not reply or they may say, you know, I'm not really sure, but here's this person. Um, since it's such a small world and everyone knows everyone, um, chances are you'll be able to connect with someone who'll be able to help you out. Right. Um, cool. So another question I had for you, which um, I've asked a lot of speakers that have come in and I've gotten some mixed reviews or mixed answers on it, um, is about what to have on you if you're at a conference or at a meeting or, or what have you to network. And I, I'm getting at like business cards because mm-hmm. um, some people, especially in our generation, think that they're a bit outdated. Um, it's an archaic way of, um, you know, providing your information with all of the technology we have today. But um, I know a lot of people still love to, to have a business card and to receive a business card. Mm-hmm. So in your experience, um, you know, I know that you use business cards quite, quite I a do. lot, uh, as do I. Um would you recommend for or against or are they a vital thing for veterinary students or? I believe they are. Um, I understand that our generation, you know, we are way more tech oriented and don't really see the value in that. But the truth is when you're networking, what we see the value in isn't really relevant. It's in the person who you're talking to and what they think is relevant. And there is no feeling more mortifying than when someone asks you for a business card and you're trying to portray yourself as a business professional and you say, you know, I don't have them on me. Um, You know, that connection just sailed. They don't have your email. They don't have a tangible representation of who you are. Um, And one of my favorite things I do now is if someone gives me their business card, you know, in the first 10 seconds after I walk away, I take a pen and I write notes on that business 
business card. I write, Mm -hmm. you know, where we met, a topic they brought up, something that I can follow up in my email later. So then after the conference and you have these dozens of cards and you're trying to follow up with people, it's an easy way to remember things, you know, versus like in your phone and you're typing away and it kind of looks like you're disconnected. Um, You know, they serve their purpose and there's a reason that people still use them. Um, especially the older generations of people who may be selling their practices or running being the higher ups and companies, those, you know, those generations really like business cards Mm -hmm. and it would behoove you to just have a few in your pocket. You know, if you're talking to someone and you just get their number right away and you don't need a card, that's fine. But in the event that you do, you're going to regret not having them. Right. No, I totally agree. And I would should note too, that uh, business cards nowadays are so cheap to get your hands on. So, you know, for literally 10 bucks, you can grab, 50 or 100 business cards. So if you're out there and saying, I don't want to spend money on them, it's really not that big of a financial um, worry. And, and you should also, too, if you're if you're a veterinary student or even an undergrad student, I think like probably nine times out of 10, your university or school is going to be able to provide you with business cards for free. So um, look into that option, too. But, but yeah, I totally agree with Jesse that, um, that it's a great thing to have in your pocket. Um, so... I'm going to throw you a phrase, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Now, I will say that, yes, we're going to be doctors, and we're going to know a heck of a lot of information. But I still think that in the realm of getting a job and advancing your career, it may not be about what you know in your head. It's, it's, it may be about who you know. Um, any experience with that? Yeah, I think that's totally true. And, you know, people jump on it and say, well, what do you mean? It's not, it's not just who you know. And you do have to be competent. You do have to be a good veterinarian. You, you know, you have to try in vet school and not just spend your whole time meeting people. Um, but if you could be the best veterinarian in the world, but if no one knows who you are, no one knows that you're the best veterinarian in the world. Right. Um, it takes those connections and people knowing you and they know that you're friendly and they know your interests and they know what you want to do and they know the caliber of work you do through your working with them they're willing to recommend you to people. Um, you know, I've had people make connections for me without me even asking or trying and saying, oh, hey, I told this vet you're graduating next May. They may want to hire you just so you know. Like, I didn't even know the clinic. I didn't even know the people, but I knew the vet because I'd worked with her before. That's an awesome opportunity. And it just w- organically happened. And it took no effort on my part, just being myself when I worked with them. Right. Um, you know, while yes, I like to think of myself as, you know, a good new graduate and would be an asset to a practice. You know, if people, I don't have people vouching for me that I am, how will I, you know, how will I find a place to go? Um, And I think it's just in all forms, you know, if you are applying for an internship at a company and you already know the person who's going to be looking at the applications, you already have a leg up, you know, people are comfortable with people that they've already met. Um, And if you have the similar credentials to someone else and the only differentiating factor is that they know you personally, that is a leg up. Um, and it's a real thing we need to acknowledge. Um, you do have to be able to be competent and people aren't going to recommend you if you aren't, but, you know, being nice and building connections and having that in your back pocket, um, is incredibly helpful down the line for many opportunities. Yeah. And I would figure, or I would hope that, you know, when you're going to a job interview or you're, you're meeting a veterinarian in a, in a networking situation or, or whatever, um, you know, with you being a DVM, they are going to assume you have the knowledge mm-hmm. to be a DVM, which you obviously do because you've graduated, you've passed the boards and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I like to think of that, you know, for when I'm in the job market that um, you don't really have to impress them based off of your medicine skills because they 
probably know that because you are a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to focus on more of a uh, 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 how you can sell yourself professionally and personally and, and developing a personal brand and and things like that, which is a whole nother deep and interesting topic. But um, but no, I, I like what you said about that. It's it's not so much about what you know, just as long as you're competent, you know, we're going to get more skilled as we go along in our career. But to get that first job or the first few jobs we have um, to focus, you know, a lot about the person behind the job. Um, so let's, I'm going to ask you a deeper question and it may uh, go outside the lines of networking, but since you are literally a few months away from graduation, uh, which I envy you so much, <laughs> um, looking back as a, uh, on your first year self, um, your second year self, what would you say to that person? Um, or, you know, what, what advice would you give to that person? Oh man, Seth, uh, that's a deep question. Um, you know, looking back, I'm in a totally different place than I thought I would be. Um, I came into vet school, you know, saying I'm going to be a small animal vet, probably go back to St. Louis, and that's kind of shaping up to be the plan. But I have way grander ambitions now than I did coming into school. And those came from my networking connections mm-hmm. completely. Um, my experience with the VBMA, you know, networking's a cornerstone of our organization um, because we so firmly believe in the value of it. So I guess what I would tell myself would be, to just say yes and do things. Um, I came into vet school promising myself that I wouldn't get super involved in organizations. And that was probably the biggest lie I've ever told myself right. <laughs> looking at me now. Um, but I'm so glad that I said yes to those opportunities. And, you know, if people said, hey, can you help out with this? Yes, I can. Hey, what do you think about this? Um, it is important in work-life balance to be able to know when to say no. Um, right. But when faced with opportunities that are intimidating to you or something that's outside your comfort zone, um, I'm so glad that I took those extra steps because I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Gotcha. Great. Okay, so uh, talking about networking within your school and, and specifically within your class or within the classes in the vet school. Um, I have heard horror stories of veterinary students that have either um, had a good relationship that went bad or there was someone in their class that um, offended them or just was not a cool dude to begin with. And that um, relationship or the, that that really poor, sour relationship were just radiated outwards um, and came back to bite, you know, either the, the person that was, was the jerk in school came to bite him in the butt in the, in the end. Um, so what are your thoughts on the importance of, you know, I mean, networking, but just making friends and being, being a good person, um, to <laughs> your, to your colleagues in school. And I guess that can also go for your professors cause they're going to be your colleagues too one day. Yes. Don't be rude to your professors ever. They work very hard for us to learn veterinary medicine. Um, in terms of classmates, um, while it's hard to realize in school when you're in the lecture hall every day, all day, and that's our whole world. Um, realizing that down the line, we're all going to be in this profession together and it is such a small, small world. And realizing that when you apply for a job, you don't know who the person you're applying to, who they know. You know, they may know that person in your class that you had an altercation with. And when your name and resume comes across their desk, you know, they may call your references, but they may also call whoever they happen to know from your class. Right. Um, Or their best friend may be the parent of someone in your class and Exactly. Back to that exactly. Way. And you never know how things will shape up. It's such a small world. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you need to be best friends with every person in your class. That's not realistic. Um, but just being, you know, genuinely and just be a nice person to people. Um, you know, things come up and 
between classes and clinics, you know, there's stressful times, but to just handle it like a professional adult and know not to burn any bridges along the way, Mm -hmm. um, it would behoove you. You know, there's people I've had conflict with, um, but professionally handling conflict, I have great respect for them. We may not be the closest of friends, but I would certainly recommend them, you know, in a professional setting. Um, But yeah, just stay professional and realize that word gets around and everyone knows everyone. Totally. (laughs) Okay, so... um Another and last question for you, Jesse, is uh, about books. And, you know, for anyone that's known me, I've never been a book reader, uh, which is kind of embarrassing to say, but whatever, it's the truth. Once I got into vet school and found something that I really loved, which was vet med, um, I started to read a lot of these books about human-animal bond and and, um, and being a professional in veterinary medicine, but being professional in general and reading books, you know, by Brene Brown and... Um, whole bunch of other authors that just talk about um, well-being and and professionalism in general um, really began to love reading. So um, do you have any recommendations for vet students of books that you've read? Totally. Um, This was actually recommended to me by another veterinary student, um, which I then met up with her again at a conference, of course. Um, And the book, while we're talking about networking, is called Never Eat Alone. Um, And it essentially breaks down, you know, the value of networking, the components of it, how to use it to actually build your goals and trajectory for your career. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found it incredibly helpful. My fiance is using it for his career. It's applicable to anyone in any field. Um, But it really opened my eyes to kind of the systematic approach to networking. And it's kind of what helped inspire me to get these thoughts together for this podcast today. Um, But I highly recommend that to anyone who kind of wants to know more and how to leverage it to be more successful with it. Great. That's awesome. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy clinic schedule. Um, congratulations on being months away. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm sure it must feel nice. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, again, want to say a huge thank you to Jesse Kramer for spending some time with us and sharing her thoughts and insight on networking and why it's so important Um, and how it can really serve us as veterinary students and as veterinarians um, and as professionals in general throughout our entire career. Uh, And thank you so much for joining and listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. Uh, For resources and more information about the podcast and for more information about Jesse, check us out online at www.vetschoolunleashed.com. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook, and you can feel free to reach out to me via Twitter Uh, or email me at seth at vetschoolunleashed.com with any suggestions or topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, or even reach out to us if you want to be on the podcast and share some thoughts of your own. Um, So thank you again, and we will talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM.